Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie G and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, December 27, 2018, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in the foreword to the second edition on page XX. We will be starting with the second paragraph, Alcoholics is not a religious. We are reading through three paragraphs, concluding with High Road to Freedom and comments welcome on all three paragraphs. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Jackie M, the 12 Traditions of OA, Esther F, and readers of our text are Deb W, Naomi B, and Catherine C. The share ID for yesterday, Wednesday, December 26, are as follows. The 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 12,345, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 12,346. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jackie M. to please read the 12 steps of OA. Jackie? Hi, good morning everyone. This is Jackie M. from New York, recovered just for today. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters 
and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me have a, a due service. Have a great day. I pass. Thanks, Jackie. I will now ask Esther F. to please read the 12 traditions of OA. Esther, please go ahead. Good morning. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thanks, Esther. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you please keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your sharing to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, please let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are in the foreword to the second edition. We're on page XX, starting with the second paragraph. Alcoholics Anonymous is not a religious. We are reading through three paragraphs, concluding with High Road to Freedom. Comments welcome on all. I will now ask Deb W. to please begin reading. Deb, please go ahead. Good morning. Um, <clears throat> Can I be heard well? Yep, you can be heard. And just for everybody's notice, let's. I will let everybody know if you can't be heard. Otherwise, just go ahead, Deb. So go ahead, Deb. <laughs> Having telephone problems, that's why. It sounds good. Thanks, Deb. Okay. 
Deb Debbie recovered in Oklahoma. Alcoholics Anonymous is not a religious organization. Neither does AA take any particular medical point of view. Though we cooperate widely with the men of medicine as well as with the men of religion, alcohol being no respecter of persons, we are an accurate cross-section of America and in distant lands, the same democratic evening up process is now going on. By personal religious affiliation, we include Catholics, Protestants, uh, Jews, Hindus, and a sprinkling of Muslims and Buddhists. More than 15% of us are women. At present, our membership is pyramiding at the rate of about 20% a year. So far, upon the total problem of several million, Uh, actual and potential alcoholics in the world, we have made only a scratch. In all probability, we shall never be able to touch more than a fair fraction of alcohol problem in all its ramifications. Upon therapy for the alcoholic himself, we surely have no monopoly. Yet it is our great hope that all those who have as yet found no answer may begin to find one in the pages of this book and will presently join us on the high road to a new freedom. Okay. So I kind of am thinking as I read these uh, paragraphs, um, uh, in 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 total, what am, what do I hear it saying? And and one of the things that was amazing to me is how we can have so many uh, different um, people with so many different you know places in life and so many different you know professions and so many different and and we all have a thing in common and and the thing that we have in common is the problem with food and. Uh, and that these these different organizations that are therapy and and religious and uh, uh, and whatever I had a, a third one and I can't think of what it is right now they are not you know AA doesn't have any or OA doesn't have any opinion you know we can stay within what we know and what we know is within this big book you know. And the big book lies out for us any questions that we might have, but uh, but we can also understand and hear uh, that others have other, you know, preferences of practicing a religion uh, than what I have, and I still can you know work with them, and we can still you know work together. The big book is written in such a wonderful spiritual way that it doesn't step on any other feet you know it just focuses on this particular method of that we all migrated to and feel like recovery was within this program it can stay focused on that you know you know i'm not a therapist so if i get to talking about my opinion to a sponsee or to someone else you know i can get off track of what this big book is saying when i come up with a food plan you know uh you know, it may be different than what the OA suggestions are. But if I stay with the OA literature, then I can know that I am not stepping on anyone else's toes. Or if I point a person to a nutritionist, I know that I'm not stepping on anybody's toes. And we all can get recovery. And, we, you know, we can put the food down 
and we can point toward what is the real problems in our life. And and usually it's a problem with the brokenness within myself, brokenness within, you know, my relationship with God or my higher power, or a brokenness with our family, and or all three. So this is what I have to say about that. Thank you. Thanks so much, Deb. Okay, before I take names, let's just get on the same page, literally. So we are on page XX. We're starting with the second paragraph. Alcoholics Anonymous is not a religious. We're reading through three paragraphs, concluding with the high road to freedom and comments on all. Who would like to share? Charles H. Charles H. Larry K. Ginger Charles. Ginger Melissa, C. Larry. Ginger. Barbara E. Barbara. And one more. Oh, wow. <laughs> one more lucky person. Sandy S. Sandy S. Delightful. And Harlan G. So we're going to stop right there. And the lineup I have is Charles H., Melissa C., Larry K., Ginger C., Barbara E., Sandy S., and Harlan G. Um, and then if you all um, just, I will let you know if you can't be heard. So if I don't say anything, keep on sharing. Hey, Charles, great to hear you this morning. Hey, thank you very much, Katie G., for your service. Can I be loved? <laughs> A hundred percent. Welcome, Charles. Take your seat. You this guys. is the Fellowship of Love, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. AA is not a religious program. This program is spiritual. And I want to I wanna, um, jump down on that word freedom. You know, for me, freedom locks me out of prison. Yeah, I know, I know, I know it was killing me to let go of what was killing me. But when I, when I binge on this book, I mean, really binge on it. When I say binge, I don't mean eat it. I'm talking about um, inhaling it spiritually, right? Um, you know, my life began to change. You know, the message in this book is so clear and precise. And, you know, for, for, for anybody confused or any Pharisees or scribes, there's, there's several places in the next pages that Bill calls it the doctor's opinion that says we have to be cleared before being approached, as we'll have a better understanding and accepting what we have to offer. What do we have to offer? The solution in this book. Yes, it's not a religious program, right? It's a highly spiritual program. And, and, and I have freedom with people that feel some type of way about what they feel some type of way of because I'm locked out of prison through the application of these 12 beautiful steps, um, traditions, and concepts. And with that, I'd like to leave some time on the clock. Thank you, Charles. And now we will have Melissa C., followed by Larry K. Melissa, please go ahead. Hi. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service this morning. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., Recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and, and time me, please, because I can't um, see my timer. Um, you know, so we take no particular um, medical point of view, you know, and, and rather we cooperate, you know, with doctors and men of religions. Um, 
And um, I really, I wanted to talk about that um, first because, um, you know, like right now people are, are, the rest of the world is kind of in this weird space between Christmas and New Year's, you know, and they're um, likely eating. You know, if they're not abstinent or if they're not um, recovered, they're struggling with the food, and they might be eating. And um, and soon New Year's is going to come, and, and with it, um, all the dieters are going to come calling, and doctors and diet programs um, and our line will be equally, I think, bombarded. And, you know, and so I've been asked by people from time to time um, to um, speak to someone who's being advised to have the surgery, you know, because part of my story was I was advised to have the surgery, and I opted not to, you know. And um, it's not my place. I have to remind myself it's not my place to disagree with a doctor. You know, although I have opinions about the surgery, these are my opinions, and and I'm not to be speaking from my opinions. You know, I have my experience. And I have the message here in this book. And so um, I, I have to remember this. You know, people are going to be told from their doctors right now, um, if they go to their doctor, and they're morbidly obese, they're going to be told about surgery. They're going to be told about pay and play, you know, play, pay and weigh programs. And and sometimes those people call me and, and say, like, what do you think? And I speak from my experience. My experience is if you have what I have, well, those other things might help you. For me, they weren't enough. I needed something more. And I have to remember that so that I'm cooperative and not in conflict. Whenever I'm in conflict with something, um, I'm in danger of alienating the people I might help because what if one of those people, in fact, go and and get the surgery or they go to those pay and weigh programs and they still need our my help and support and then they feel like well since they didn't do what i advised which i have no business advising anybody then they can't reach out to this fellowship and that would be a huge disservice so i think there's a reason why we're really told to cooperate because um, that's how I can be helpful. You know, I want to help people, not alienate people. And, you know, the other thing quickly is that um, this disease does not care what my religion Time, is. Time, please. Thank you, what my socioeconomic status is. Um, it will equally hurt us all, and the solution can equally save us all. Thank you so much. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. We will now have Larry Kay followed by Ginger C. Larry Kay, good morning. Good morning, Katie. Katie, I'm glad that when I came into program, you didn't ask me to take communion or, or read a few lines from the Torah or or any of those things. It was, a, it was always a spiritual program. No offense to anyone that gets something from those things. We're not a religious organization. I think I would have run for Z Hills if I'm asked to do those things, what I learned in these paragraphs is something true, you know, back then, way back then, and it's still true in 2018. See, God enabled some very ordinary people to do some very extraordinary things. And I love that we're a great, big, diverse tent made up of self-centered people who have changed, people with compulsive tendencies, 
And for me, this program of action is basically a call to have my creator fashion a pure heart for me. And, and now because I'm human, you know, reaching this ideal, this pure heart, is kind of like reaching for self-actualization. It's something I strive for. I never, I never get there. But the beauty is in the journey of striving. So the thing is, I can't single-handedly bring about a change of heart any more than I could change my binge eating habits by an act of my own will. I, I must have God's help. I, I must be provided that the needed power wasn't there in order to, to have this necessary change. And, you know, a food plan changes nothing internally. A plan of exercise for me did not change my soul. Radical surgery might change the shape of my intestines, but it doesn't change the shape of my, of my heart and my relationship with my higher power, nor does a new job or a new car. It, it, those things make me smile for a bit. But as far as I can tell, there's no revolutionary change of my heart with those things. See, none of those things will unblock me from the higher power source that is the very impetus of the spiritual transformation. It's the, it's the catalyst. It's the thing. And when I'm blocked off from the driving force of the very change that I need to live effectively, I need to live effectively, I remain tethered to self. And self, you know, for me is proven to be very unreliable. So step work for me is an invitation to God to enter my heart and my mind. And when that merger takes place, when that merger between God and myself takes place, we're given a sort of a transfusion of spiritual strength that we could never get by our own efforts. And we know because we tried Lord knows we tried. God, God can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And how do we know who's, who, who is trusting in this process? Well, it's ridiculously easy to tell who's trusting. Have you put the food down entirely? Have you begun the work? Is this program no longer something you do from, you know, 7 a.m. To, to 8 a.m., just wrapping up Katie? Or has it become who you are? We become tethered to a higher power. There's no confusion on, on who's the director of my life today. With that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Larry. We'll now have Ginger C, followed by Barbara E. Good morning, Ginger. Good morning, Katie, and thank you so much for your service. This is Ginger C, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. And um, thank God AA is not a religious organization. Sometimes when I sit in the meetings, I hear people say that, and it just makes me cringe. Because the bottom line, we're all here because we have a problem. We have a problem with eating and food, and we lack power. And the only thing that's going to bring this entire psychic change, this only hope for our recovery to continue in this forward motion of not eating is this power that we lack. And I love that the big book says, and it was probably my favorite sentence that Ebby gave to Bill, why don't you choose your own conception of God? What a broad highway. We're not telling you what to believe, who to believe, how to believe, how to do it. We're saying you choose your own conception. As long as it's not you, you're good to go. But you absolutely lack power. You have no willpower to eradicate this problem. And you got to tap into something that will keep you safe and protected. And thank God, because like this other paragraph that we just finished with, um, 
Yet it is our great hope that all those who have as yet found no answer, and that was my existence in OA. I had a problem and I had no answer. And it was killing me and it was progressing. And thank God we've tapped into something with these pages. And I still get blown away that a book, I went to an OA convention, they're studying the AA big book, and it solved my problem with food. It blew my mind. This was for alcoholics and drug addicts. And it solved my problem with food. I no longer see food as any type of solution to life. Thank you, God. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger. We'll now have Barbara E. followed by Sandy S. Barbara, please go ahead. Thank you so much, Katie. And would you time me? My timer is unfindable right at this moment. Awesome. I really thank you. I really love that this paragraph says no respecter of persons, that we're an accurate cross section today in 2018, not just of our country, our sex, our gender affiliation, the world, our religion, our country of origin. When I first came in and people were saying in my room, the 23rd Psalm, I said, oh my goodness, this is not for me, but I'm desperate, I'm dying, I'm gaining and losing hundreds of pounds. What, where can I go? What can I do? Uh, the pay and way was working beautifully, but I couldn't stop from starting again. I knew what I had to do, but I kept doing it over and over again. And recovery is hard. It's simply hard because we have to eat three times a day, some of us even more. And there are food pushers all over and around us and food porn everywhere. And it's like that frog analogy for me. If you put me in tepid water and slowly turn up the heat, I won't be aware of what's going on. And my eating was just like that. I'll have a little bit today. It's not, it's not like I'm a drunk. I'm not going to fall down on my face. I'm not going to kill someone in a car, hopefully. But this is a slow disease, and my disease is a good salesman. Now, to me, to coin someone else's phrase, I want to get it real. Overeaters Anonymous is not progressing the way AA is. We do have some 54,000 members across 80 countries, according to the 2017 Overeaters Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous census. But we are not growing at the exponential rate. Why? Because we know, or we believe we know, that AA and the steps work. But there are so many other food organizations advertising, promoting themselves out there for our consideration. And we, at least I, was always looking for a fast fix. But there is no fast fix for me. Yes, I must get abstinent. My disease is a good salesman. He's with me 24-7 saying, you can just have one. You'll start again tomorrow. 
I had to recognize, and I think that is the issue for everyone who might be struggling with the disease, that we need the tools. Time, please. Thank you. And the steps. The steps for me are what changed my life. The tools are what are keeping me abstinent. Beautiful synergy. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara. And we will now have Sandy S. followed by Harlan G. Good morning, Sandy. Hi, this is Sandy S. from Ash- Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Asheville, North Carolina. Yet it is our great hope that all those who have as yet found no answer may begin to find one in the pages of this book and will presently join us on the high road to a new freedom. And um, definitely, I was imprisoned, not just by the food, but by my thinking, by my emotions, by my self-will, you name it. And um, I did experience this great hope. You know, it started when through, you know, a spiritual experience I had. I have no idea why I had it. And that's how I became abstinent. Um, you know, this was a great hope. Actually, it was something someone said in the OA meeting um, that nothing coexists with compulsive overeating and that I couldn't have really love in my life and have the food. And as I shared before, I had this spiritual experience of this incredible experience of love. And that was it for me. I was done with the food. The love was so much better than the food. So, you know, the great hope is that everyone will find their way to abstinence because that's just the beginning, you know. That's what it says. You begin. You know, the real work is healing the emotional, the mental distortions that rule my life and presently join us. You know, one of the big things was living in the past, living in the future, about living in the present, in the present moment now you know, and really join people in common humanity rather than my thinking is I'm terminally unique and I'm the worst. I mean, that's insanity. The high road to a new freedom for me is really knowing to my core that there is a caring higher power. I mean, this is what I struggle with. I know there's a higher power but does it really, really care? Just like I took the first step, it's like deeply embedded in me and that gave me a new freedom. My new freedom now that I'm really wanting with all my heart and soul is to really know, really, and no one could give it to me, that there is a caring higher power. You know, I guess people can inspire me with their example, yet when it comes down to it, I have to find it out within myself. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sandy. And we'll now have Harlan G. And then we'll take another set of names. Harlan, please go ahead. Good morning. Thank you, Katie. Good morning. And thank you to Gabriella for loaning us her mother today. And uh, thank you for your service. I'm going to give you some statistics that I got in uh, from John K. John K. happens to be a dear friend. He also happens to be... Uh, a spiritual mentor of mine, and this is from the 2017 survey that Overeaters Anonymous did of its own membership, 
87% of us in 2017 were female, 13% male. Less than high school education, 1%. High school graduate, 5%. Vocational and some college, 22%. College graduate, 40%. College postgraduate <coughs> post degree, 32%. 91% of us are Caucasian. 4% of us are Hispanic. 1% black. Others, 4%. 19 to 25 years of age, 1%. 26 to 35, 9%. 36 to 45, 13%. 46 to 55, 23%. 56 to 65, 31%. And over 65, 23%. In other words, 77% of Overeaters Anonymous membership is over 45 years of age. Now, that's not just that we haven't done the greatest job of reaching out to other cultures, other races, religions, creeds, whatever. It's the nature of the disease as well. Leah M. likes to say, it's like getting kicked to death by a bunny rabbit. In AA, they get tackled from behind. I see people at the North Scottsdale Fellowship Club, teenagers, and they're coming into AA, and, and, and they're getting it, some of them, some of them not, obviously. But um, certainly, uh, it, it, some of these numbers are sad. Some of these numbers are very sad that we haven't reached out effectively enough to some of the minority communities. Um, but I just wanted to give these statistics. John K. forwarded these to me last night, and uh, kudos to John. And uh, just give you a little food for thought here. And uh, these are some of the statistics of our membership as it was in 2017. Thank God for Overeaters Anonymous, and thank God that it is not a religious program, because if it were, I would have headed for the hills a long time ago, and I'd be dead and in my oversized grave by now. And uh, with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan. And before I take the next set of names for those of us just joining us, um, a reminder, we are in the uh, forward to the second edition. We are on page XX, starting with the second paragraph, Alcoholics is not a religious. We are reading through three paragraphs, concluding with High Road to Freedom. Comments welcome on all. And if you'd like to share, please say your name. Name. I got Naomi. Jen A. Raquel, Martha. I got you, Jen. Martha. Hang on. Jen Marzi. A. Nigia and Mora. And we're wrapped up. That's our six. All right. Thanks so much for your willingness. Say, I've got my list is Naomi B. Russ M. Raquel. I have no idea what your initial is. Jen A. Nigia. And I don't. I don't, I don't think I know it. Um, and then Maura Z. So um, everyone else except for Naomi B, um, go ahead and mute yourselves. Good morning, Naomi. Good morning. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service. Good morning, family. This is Naomi B, a grateful, grateful recovered compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. This is amazing. Oh, my gosh. Alcoholism, Alcoholic Anonymous is not a religious organization. Well, 
you know, as as has been so beautifully said earlier this morning about uh, surgery, well, I was one of the lucky ones. Uh, or not so lucky. Okay. So I had the lap band surgery, and I remember going to orientation, and I remember hearing the doctor. And I was in my 60s when I had it done. I'm thinking, oh, he's going to cure me. I won't be fat anymore. I won't have this problem with food. It was fabulous. Finally had the surgery. It was great in the beginning, but you see, the band should have been put around my brain because my brain, all right, even though I lost 70 pounds, I found 35 pounds back, and he insulted me after four pounds, 35 pounds. He would never, I I couldn't take the humiliation because this is what he did, and I was so screwed, and thank you, God, and Ebby Thatcher came into my life. And I found OA, and it was like, for my first reaction was, how do these people know what I do with food? How do they do that? I mean, this is crazy. What a blessing. Oh, my gosh, because I made this doctor my higher power. Well, I didn't know what I didn't know, and that was the truth. And then when I found OA, and, well, it was just amazing. And what I love about this program, it is spiritual. I know of people that are atheists that work this program beautifully. Because as it says in our wonderful book, it's all-inclusive. It's never exclusive. And I, we used to have someone on this phone line that was an atheist. And I so applauded what this person did because they worked the program. And it is spiritual. It's not religious. And it's so wonderful, and it works for all of us. It is just a miracle. It's just a miracle. And thank you, God, I have a mouth, and I certainly use it to pass this word on because I see what's, I see what's going on in my life. And, of course, it's so much more than the food and the weight. I mean, it's getting along with, with my family members, keeping my mouth shut when I want to voice my opinion. That in itself is a miracle. Thank you for allowing me to share. And I pass. Oh, dear, I've been talking and no one's been hearing. <laughs> Thank you, Naomi B. We will now have Russ M. followed by Raquel E. Russ, please go ahead. Good morning, Katie. Good morning. Good morning. All my favorite people on the line today. Isn't this great? What a wonderful meeting. Russ M., recovered compulsive overeater outside of Philly. Alcoholics Anonymous is not a religious organization, neither does AA take any particular medical view, point of view, though we cooperate widely with men of medicine as well as the men of religion. So I studied science probably about 15 years, right, to become a chiropractor, nutrition, biochemistry, the whole gamut. Along with that, I studied Christian apologetics probably for about 10 years. And guess where that got me? Where I'm at, right? Got me nowhere. Ungazzo in Sicilian we say, Italian actually. Gave me nothing. I got nothing. Because what that did, that fueled my ego. That fueled that I knew everything and nobody could tell me anything. So thank God that, you know, there's a progression, the stages of a spree. I'm done. I'm cra- crashed. I'm burnt. Everything is over. And, and, I'm, and I'm open. Now I'm open to anything because I'm, I'm desperate. 
You know, my my wife and I we have a worship team, and we've we've led worship with uh, you know pretty good sized crowds. And man, that's an incredible high. But Monday morning, I was still in the food. Why is that? Why is it? Because it it, it was like a, a spiritual instance or a spiritual experience, not a spiritual awakening. Awakening, and that's what happened in desperation. When I was broken, I was open to anything because I was dying. And that's when God truly worked, when I was on my knees and I was crushed. And uh, it's just incredible. Now, now, I, now, now my faith, you know, how, how I go about my life is more fruitful. And instead of walking in the fog, seeing a little glimpse of God and trying to grab him and he's getting away, I have a relationship every day. And it's intimate. And it's close. And I'm not chasing God. And anyway, it was me blocking him anyway with the food. It wasn't like he was running from me. So it was more myself and my ego. So this this program is congruent with what with my faith teaches. But the thing it does, it's like that little spice. You know, it makes it sweeter. It makes it fruitful. It makes it more intense. It makes it more intimate. And it makes it real that I can have a relationship with God. And uh, it's beautiful. So y'all have a great day. I love you. And uh, thanks for uh, just accepting me. I appreciate it. Love you. Thank you, Russ M. Okay, next up, Raquel E. followed by Jen A. Good morning, Raquel. Raquel? Okay, so I believe I can be heard. Raquel E., press star one. Oh, no, I I can. There you are, Raquel. Please go ahead. For such fascinating sharings, I'm almost sorry that I signed up. I'd like to listen more. So I don't have my timer, so please help me with that. Um, I wish I could speak like some of you guys. But I get so excited, too, on top of all. And thank you for your understanding my brand of of English. So um, there are two things that come to my mind. One, the most important, is about uh, upon therapy for the alcoholic himself. We surely have no monopoly. So it's almost like saying, well, you know, therapy, maybe some therapy helps. So let's hear from the therapist who helped Bill W. through his depressions and who was one of the greatest contributors of the acceptance of, of, uh, of AA in the medical field and in the, in the association of the, of the psychiatrists. And what he says, and I think I got it from, the, from uh, one of his big articles, is the act of surrender in the therapeutic process, Dr. Dr. Harry M. Tibbet. And he says that what he can do is just open up the person so he can get AA. Isn't this amazing? He says, all I can do in my profession is to open up the person so that he can benefit by AA. In other words, he says in many other places that the ego reasserts itself all the time. 
no matter how hard we knock him down, he'll got like like this little toy that has a magnet in its feet. You put it on its head, goes back on its feet. It'll always reassert itself unless there's tremendous peacemaking between the conscious and the subconscious. And he explains the whole thing. But the main thing for me is if Dr. Tibet says that all he can do is open up the person and work on his on his uh, denial and on his ego a little bit so that AA can come in and do the job. I mean, who am I to argue? Altogether, I don't know how many years in my life I haven't been in therapy. I think it started in 72 and I never stopped. And antidepressants and now, now, ever since, ever since Vision for You and the predecessor, the, the coffee shop, from 2010, no medication, and more happened to me, more wonderful things. One of them that happened before even this is about the operation. I met this incredible doctor who said to me, listen, honey, uh, if you want to do the operation, time, you'll time, please, okay. I'm wrapping up. You'll have Thank to you. come to me after the operation for six months of learning how to eat and how not to eat. So how don't we start the other way around? Come first for six months and I teach you what to do and not to do with food. And then if you still need the operation. Thank goodness I met somebody in OA who taught me better. That was in the 80s. And, and he taught me better. And ever since, I haven't left since 1979, actually. Tried it all. Thank you so much for letting me part of this wonderful, wonderful effort. Have a good Abstinent and recovering day, everybody. I love you all. Thank, Thank you, you Raquel E. We will now have Jen A. followed by Nigia. Jen, please go ahead. Good morning, Katie. Thank you. This is Jen A. Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic from Colorado. So I don't know about you all, but when I walked into the room of Overeaters Anonymous and into a face-to-face meeting, they had God all over these um, plaques and um, lists of steps and traditions um, all over the walls. God was plastered, um, and it was even in a church. So um, that made me a little bit nervous. Um, in the pages of this book, the word God, 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 spiritual, spiritual um, was in, in this book. And the prayers that we said had God in them, too. Um, especially that closing prayer, the Lord's Prayer. I remembered that um, from going to church with my parents growing up. Um, so God was everywhere. So, And then it's telling me here, right, in this book, that it's not a religious organization. It doesn't take any particular medical point of view, although we cooperate widely with the men in medicine as well as with the men of religion. So what I've come to find out after sticking around and set aside setting aside everything I think I know and everything that hasn't worked for me my entire life is to find out that there's a doctor in this book who gives a a medical estimate, right? And the Oxford group, who was a religious group who actually started this movement. um, And I think, oh, boy, boy, more doctors, more religious people. But guess what? The word here for me is cooperate. These people work together. They acted together. Um, for a particular purpose to achieve something that something is a solution that something is the solution that got me out of myself that gets me out of my head and that solution um, is a beautiful thing in my life today and so um, you know upon this therapy it tells me that I have hope 
that those people who come inside these rooms, and one of those was me, who was looking at the God on the walls, the God in the pages, hearing God in the prayers, um, there's an answer, right? And I'm going to find it here if I'm willing to be open-minded and set aside everything I think I know or that I've learned in the past. And I get to join all of you, right, on this high road to a new freedom. That's how we end this, the high road to a new freedom. There's nothing better than being a part of. And so I'm so thankful for this book. I'm thankful for every word that's used, every doctor um, that, you know, put his stamp of approval or gave his prescription um, for the religious people. Um, It tells me I need to see where they are right. And believe me, I've come to see where they were right. But before I used to skip that whole part of the book. So I'm just, I'm pretty grateful to be a part of and know that no man here is left behind. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jen A. We'll now have Nigia S. followed by Maura Z. Nigia, please go ahead. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. I thank God for another day of abstinence. Um, and I thank all of you for being on the line. I had religion when I came in. I did not have spirituality. I did not have a solution. Well, I did. It was a worldly solution, and it worked temporarily. But that solution never reached um, the parts and pieces of my soul that, um, you know, needed the real healing. That's what needed the healing, the, the, the soul of me needed that healing and the world did not give that to me through a Weight Watchers or Susie, Nancy, Craig or whoever was out there. It did not work. So in these first 164 pages, I find the keys to freedom. I get to enter this new kingdom. I think of the, um, of the Lord's prayer, thy kingdom come. And I believe the kingdom has come for me in the way that I have peace today, not just around the food, but I have peace today with myself, which is what I think I always wanted. And, you know, I came in also, and I got this from um, the AA 12 and 12. I was at the mercy of a merciless obsession. But the 164 pages show me mercy and grace and freedom. They show me the way to these things the way to peace, the way to love. And that came through those 12 steps. The 12 steps, very, very powerful. And you know those 12 steps asked me to die to myself. I had to die to myself, step one. I am powerless, and I'm so grateful that I know that today with my heart. Those aren't just words. They're in my heart. I am powerless over food. And I needed to be restored to sanity, step two, dying again, turning my will and my life over, dying again. But I, get to, but I get to live in this new kingdom, this kingdom. God has graced me with 21 years of abstinence, 21 years. And I, I've heard it said before, I have to work harder today. But thank you, God. Thank you, God, that I'm not where I used to be 21 years ago. So I get to enter into this new kingdom, this new way of living, this new way of showing up as a friend, a teacher, a sister, a daughter. I get to show up in a new way. The world and religion and nothing against religion never gave me that. I'm grateful for every Snickers bar, 
Kit Kat, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, all of those were the keys to my freedom today. I had to be beaten up by this disease to come in and find the truth, the truth about myself, the truth about this disease. And I am so grateful. I thank God. I didn't want it when I first came in. I left after my first meeting. God showed me. He gave me three more years out here. Time, And I'm grateful. Thank you so much, Katie. And thank you for your service. Thank you, Nigia. We will now have Mora Z. Mora, please go ahead. Thank you, Katie G. Thank you so very much for all your service. Mora Z recovered gratefully so in Virginia. I wanted to, um, you know, yet it is our great hope that all those who have, who have as yet found no answer may begin to find one in the pages of this book. And what I've been focusing on lately is the fact that there are people in the rooms of OA that have yet, as yet, found no answer. And that disturbs me greatly. That means I'm not carrying the message in the rooms. We've focused, my inner group, many years, we've tried to focus on how do we attract the newcomer. Well, the problem is not attracting the newcomers so much because we're always getting newcomers at my meetings, and I'm grateful for that. The problem is they're not staying. And the, the members who have stayed for years and years have not gotten it. So it's, it's my task to carry the message. How good a job am I carrying the message if there are people who are morbidly obese and have been that way? I've lived here nine years. So let's just say for nine years I've, I've been you know, speaking with these people and talking with these people and having fellowship with these people, and they are still morbidly obese today. And, and they are, are hesitant to have, you know, a big book study because it's uncomfortable, because they just want to have a good time. And, and that just disturbed me greatly. And so, you know, we've got this committee, this, this thing in OA called 12 Step Within. And I'm surprised at how many members like in OA the, do not... Whole Foods. Hello? Excuse me. Whole Foods better than what I'm eating? Okay. Don't know what that was about. But anyway, it's incumbent upon me as a member of Overeaters Anonymous to make sure that I'm carrying the message. And it's not just to carry the message to those suffering outside the rooms. It's also to those who have yet found no answer inside the rooms of OA. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Maura, and my apologies. That was me unmuted doing this completely imperfectly, so thanks, everyone, for your patience with me. <laughs> and no thank worries. you, everyone, who shared. <clears throat> Being a moderator is a privilege. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for Thursday, December 27th, 2018, the 7 a.m. meeting, so the meeting we just had, is 12,350. 
We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Naomi B. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Naomi, please go ahead. Naomi, please press star one to unmute. That sound better? Much better, Naomi. Okay, Go ahead. sorry about that, hon. I was just rattling on. Okay, our book is meant to be suggested only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you have found on and join us we shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny may god bless you and keep you until then 